हेलो पीपल गुड मॉर्निंग नमस्कार आई एम रशीद कपन वेलकमिंग यू बैक टू डीएच रेडियो इन दिस एपिसोड डीएच रेडियोज वीना मनी स्पीक्स टू रोहित तोमर फ्रॉम कैलिड्रियस एरो कंसल्टिंग एल एल पी ऑन द मच टॉक्ट अबाउट टाटा टेक ओवर ऑफ एयर इंडिया द चर्निंग्स इन द हाइपर कॉम्पिटेटिव एविएशन मार्केट एंड द एयरलाइंस ओन रीस्ट्रक्चरिंग लिसन इन Welcome to yet another TH podcast. I'm Veena Mani and I'm joined by Rohit Tomar from Caledrius Aero Consulting LLP who will talk to us about Air India, the Tata's owning it and its restructuring. Thank you so much Rohit for joining us on this podcast. I will begin by asking you about Air India, the Tata Sons and how they're planning to restructure uh, their aviation business especially Air India. recently we have seen uh, how top level management has been tweaked secondly we saw the new newly appointed ceo and also the air asia development i think they are following it by the book if we take the example of klm northwest merger that has been one of the longest mergers that has taken place i think they are following it by the book i think they have enough experience in buying companies and then merging them into their parent company so that experience was obviously there with tatas so if you look at from the airline industry in india right i think there is a very clear view that india can have probably three large airlines right and when i say large airline i'm talking about more than 150 aircraft or 200 aircraft kind of thing so, in domestic and the international operations so now when we're talking about air asia especially the merger with air india and yes it will be running with the air india express helping feed air india express right that's what everyone thinks would happen with the air asia merger air asia itself wasn't in too many routes so how will it really add value to the tata's business and air india's business balance sheet See, Air India Express has always been one of the best performing units within Air India, and that's primarily because the way Air India Express was positioned within the south of India and the Gulf routes, they've consistently been very good at their performance. In fact, even when you had Indigo and Goa, which mounted flights on the same routes from south of India, competing with Air India Express, Air India Express was still able to pull off much better performance in terms of profitability as compared to the other two airlines. the entities would have to be merged primarily as i said because it's synonymous uh, with the fact that there should be a offering to the end customer we are already seeing air asia being merged into vistara probably looking at merging into air india or air india merging into vistara but most probably it will be vistara merging into air india as a part of the total strategy right but this is a long term game while they are saying that it's 2023 i think given the complexity that is going to be there within all these airlines you will actually start seeing the benefits of such kind of a merger only post about mid 2024 is, is when you can really look at it and it's very well timed i mean the if you look at the timing of the merger the way that they are taking the steps it's very well aligned because 2024 2025 2026 in these three years you will have some massive airports coming into operations in india right so you will have navi mumbai airport you will have the expansion of delhi airport so there is going to be enough amount of infrastructure which will be available to handle that kind of large expansion and the merged entity together to deploy flights across india domestic as well as international yeah i mean air asia india has been a, a challenge for air india and i think there are many reasons to it and i think they've sort of they're trying to figure out how to manage air asia india and air asia india merging into air india express as an lcc and giving that lcc offering within the market i think that is a sound move 
So Air India was called the national carrier for more than one reason. It was not just because the government owned it. That's why it was the national carrier. But the fact that Air India plied on even the smallest, smallest routes. You had a flight even to Bagdogra, absolutely unknown airport. Do you see that can those routes continuing and Air India being plying on such routes and having that character still now that a, a corporate has taken over? Well, I think if you look at the airline rules in India, right, you still have the RDG regulations which are in place. So, as an airline, whether it is privately owned or government owned, they will have to fulfill the RDG regulations. Right? So, you will still see flights on Category 2 and Category 2A routes that are being currently undertaken. At the same time, if you look at the other routes, which are, let's say, low load factor or low yielding routes with low volumes, Air India now does have the option of not flying there because there are players which have come in to fill in those gaps. So, you have smaller regional airlines like TrueJet, like Flybig. These are the guys who are already coming in. So they are there to fill in that area or that gap which was required to be connected by Air India. So from an overall perspective, yes, Air India would have to relook at some of those loss-making rules, which is a part of any business. You do not want too much amount of loss-making rules to fly just because of a requirement. But apart from RDG, I think any other routes which are non-profitable, there is going to be enough capacity in the market for someone else to fly on those routes who can make money out of it, right? So I think that is the way it would be. And Alliance Air is still there. So Alliance Air does still have the capability of offering those sectors and those routes because it is still controlled by the government. Now, Air India has had a brand issue as well because there have been issues on how passengers have been treated. Some people have absolutely lovely memories of Air India, but some have had a nightmare. And obviously the nightmare is more shown on social media, right? That's something the Tata's will have to uh, work on rebranding. Recently, there was one such uh, incident, which obviously then the Tata group did clarify. Is that something they would really have to spend time and money and effort on uh, rebuilding? Or does Air India really still hold that Maharaja brand that it was many, many years ago? Interesting question, Veera. See, what at least we understand is Air India as a national carrier and Air India as a brand, right, was still very close to the Indian market, right, let's say abroad market. The challenge that I see was not the Air India brand itself, but the way Air India was managed. And I think a lot of issues were being highlighted on how inefficiently government managed the airline. That is why when the government decided to privatize it, we are already seeing an ability of a lot of this crowd who had let go of Air India to really look back at Air India and say, okay, there, is, there are very high expectations already set forth. With Tata's coming in, there is already a very high expectation that the quality of operations, the quality of service to the customer is actually going to improve. Right? In fact, from a branding perspective, Air India is still a much stronger brand in terms of brand recall. What they would have to do is the messaging part, which is the change that comes into Air India with Tata's coming in, with having a professional set of people running the company without the interesting of the government. So it's actually a positive for them, right? So in terms of sort of building the brand and its customer service, they would have a lot of communication that needs to be done. But I think in the long run, it is still a, a much more positive with the Air India brand itself for Tata. So with all of this, you know, the churn going on in aviation, 
it's definitely not going to be an easy uh, task right because atf prices are definitely not helping which is the major part of the spending expenditure for for any airline how easy how difficult how do you think the tata should really be approaching their aviation business especially because now they are in the phase of consolidation from three airlines now they come to two and that to the remaining two are both full service carriers i think one thing that all airlines in india have learned from indigo is to have a very focused approach on the cost side right it's an unforgiving business the airline industry not just in india globally it's an unforgiving business whether you are a full service airline or whether you are a low cost carrier if you do not have your costs under a scrutiny there is going to be challenges in the long run so i think that is where the the whole focus of tata is going to be and we are seeing at least in the market we know that a lot of movements have been done to become more focused on on the cost side of the business If you talk about in terms of fuel and staff fee, I mean, I know that there is a big hoo-ha about you know the fuel price going up. It is a major component of the airline. But if you look at the net net effect on the pricing on the airfare, even with the fuel crossing about hundred hundred dollars a barrel, the net effect on the pricing is not more than five percent, right? So while you know there is a lot of in terms of mathematics that says that it's thirty five percent, so there with the fuel increases, it's going to be a major impact. But that does not translate into ground reality. a 5% absorption in the fares is far easier if you look at the average yield that we have across the domestic we have a yield of about 3.6 to 3.8 rupees per kilometer right that's the kind of yield that we that we see the only time we really crossed the 4 rupees benchmark in terms of yield was was now when when the traffic came back and there was still fare caps in and that was required right so i think absorption of 5 or 6% movement on the on the end fare is not going to significantly affect at the end passenger uh, side because our market does have a lot of flexibility in terms of absorbing the most important part here is to remember is that india's fare structure the fare that we offer the yield what we call is still among the lowest across the globe right so if you look at europe you look at southeast asia the fares or the yield that india offers is still one of the lowest ones so there is enough room that is available to really push those yields up but yeah i mean then comes the interdynamic play between the airlines you've got indigo you've got other airlines and one of the primary reasons when the market was not able to push up the yield was because the market leader which was indigo was not allowing too much of the flexibility in order being able to push the yield so they were controlling the market right but now with tata's coming in with with a large fleet and a lot of brands under it i think that allows the market to start i think maturing so it's not just good news for tata's per se but i think it's also a relief for your leading competitor which is indigo because now there can be a much more stable market in terms of the pricing uh, in the industry so as long as tata keep the focus on cost i think they'll they'll sell it through one last question how do you view the ceo being appointed i think it's a mixed bag because while you do have a very able ceo who has come on to the fold to run the operations the other challenge is you know the kind of market that you are operating in if you look at the traditional businesses in singapore there is a certain work culture that you have in singapore right and a lot of times for leadership people because they're so accustomed to a certain work culture when they come into different countries especially india they try to mold that culture within the organization but then that is where the challenge starts happening because you got to understand these companies are legacy companies right so there is a culture that's already there and 
suddenly if you try to disrupt it it can actually have more negative impact so i view this decision as a mixed bag because it's a good challenge for the ceo who's coming he's got the experience got the ability but then the other flip side i say is that he's always been in a position of strength so if you look at the airlines in singapore they already have the position of strength because of the way singapore is as a market and that is where the question comes because here you're not really coming in from a position of strength but you are really trying to position yourself within an extremely competitive market with a strong market leader like indigo so that's why i say it's a 50 50 kind of a split all right thank you so much for joining me on this podcast roit thank you thank you And that's all we have for you today. To keep you updated on all things news and views, head straight to deckinheral.com.